everybody. Welcome to the USL show. A little rusty at this. Uh, it's brought to you by Roughneck Scarves, which is your home for uh, men's national team, women's national team, USL, MLS. Uh, you know, any scarf you can think of. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. We're also brought to you uh, by and uh, and produced and very proud to be a part of the Beautiful Game Network podcast, which you can find at uh, bgn.fm. Um, or at the BGNFM on the on the Twitters. So go check those two places out. Really good stuff. We are adding people left and right daily still, uh, primarily on the written side of things recently, which has been really cool. Um, did we not just pick up a, a wonderful woman covering, uh, what is it, Minnesota United, right? Ford Madison. Ford Madison? Ford Madison, yep. Ford Madison. So, like, that's going to be awesome because that's a really... Um, they're oh, mango. The that branding has been so on point. It's not yeah. even funny. Winner of branding. This Good year. job, Madison. Yeah. Good flamingo header. I'm sure throwing a soccer ball to flamingo is a really fun uh, shoot. So that's that's good for you guys. Um, hey, there's people here and they have voices and you might have heard some of them already. So I'm going to introduce them first. It is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area. The cream in your Irish coffee. It is my dear friend Phil Grimms. Phil, what's happening? What's up? I went. How's little... life? Good, How's life good. in uh, in St. Louis? Good. Got a new plate. Really busy. I got my job's been out of control lately, <laughs> and um, part of it though is like my new like place of employment has is yes. next to a bar, and I okay. hung up there a few nights in a row because it's next to it. And one night they bought me a million free drinks, and uh, Ooh, I paid for nice. like three two days for it, like a two day hangover. This is a thing that happens to thirty five year olds, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. That's what's been going on with my life. Right on. Um, I guess moving in a direct counter to that is, is the uh, youngest member of this show consistently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan Allen with a new microphone for the 2019 season. Fingers crossed. Ryan, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Just kind of going through classes and stuff here in Greenville. <sighs> Guys. Guys, it's so much better. <laughs> it's better. It's so much better. He's also like when he's in a normal room someday, like it'll be even right. Better, but well, yeah, when he gets out of the library in Greenville, it'll be hot. It'll be yep. hot. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it'll be really. He's got to work with what I have. It's that's it's fair. Good. That's fair. But what you have now is so much better. Oh God, it's night and day. You need to go back and listen to like a podcast from the middle of last year and then compare. Because <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm sure uh, all three of us, which includes, hey newly speaking of new things newly rebranded for the 2019 usl season it is no longer at iron pony chef on twitter it's actually it still is is it really yeah oh, this changed the name man. the display oh, name you guys are changed. guy come on change that at man no one will notice i did it halfway through a season hmm. didn't know that it worked out fine what was it before at uh at valella bsfc and then i went i don't need to tie myself down to this team name <laughs> Slash my last name. <laughs> so, Pony, what's up, man? How's it going? How's how's uh, how's the dirty south of California? It's not really south. It's well, Day, and I'm drinking and by myself talking about lower division soccer. So, my life is going great. Good. That's what we do here, by the way, on the USL show. If you're not familiar, we uh, we do have friends who talk about League One in the USL at League One Fun. Good people. Good podcast. Uh, 
which has also enabled us to just talk about the championship because we wanted the top tier. Uh, we were not going to take no for an answer. So, yeah. Welcome to it. Uh, no games. Preseason games, sure. But, I mean, how much are we really taking away from those until we talk about Las Vegas in a little bit? <laughs> so, so let's we- get into some news. Uh, New Mexico continues to terrify me because they signed Chris Weehan. It's a good one. It's a very good one. Uh, former San Jose Earthquake. I think he played seven matches uh, in their campaign two years ago and then got loaded out to Reno where he did some very good work. And um, what's nice is with more teams in, in USL and, and League One popping up, there will be less guys like like Chris uh, who maybe two or three years ago would have kind of fell through the cracks, who gets picked up by New Mexico United. And now New Mexico United, Pony, get away from my hot take that's not very hot so I can be right and then be really proud about it, is like a playoff team in the West. I'd say more than that. They're, they, I'm willing to bet they'd put them in the top five of the West. I'm looking up who all is on their team right Cody now. Cody Mizell was a notable name that they signed. Yeah, Cody Mizell. Mizell, Santi Moore is there. Kevon Frater, he's pretty yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suggs has been really good for Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Weehan's my favorite, though. I mean, you look at the list, it's, it's good. Weehan is my favorite. And it's it's kind of like what I thought about Hopano. Hopano, he, you know, he went to Tampa Bay from Reno. Mm-hmm. And both these guys were like the feature assist maker in Reno. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and Weehan was kind of back and forth last year, so he never got solid ground. But my only question is, are these guys individually on their own amazing or does Reno pump out these assist makers in certain positions of the field? So, what do you guys think? I mean, Hoppino didn't come... Like, he was a pro for a little bit before he went to Reno. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think... I mean, I think Reno... You know, they have a decently good working relationship with the Quakes. Um, so, they get some decent pieces from them. Um, I, I I don't know. I just think something about Reno, it's a tricky building for other teams to play in. The West is a little more fluid and a little more open, um, which yeah. isn't going to change with these guys going to New Mexico. But I mean, I, I, I do think if you look at it, like I think New Mexico is putting together a really strong, maybe not like a Nashville or like a Cincy, you know, inaugural year roster, but it's, it's definitely a, a solid team that they've built. I'm like, yeah. And Weehan is solid. Weehan is solid. I think in his first year, he was my rookie of the year vote a couple of years back when he was one of the league leaders in assists for one of the league leaders in assists for Reno. And was it like two years ago? Yeah, I think it was two years ago. His first year where he had Hopano and Kelly to work with. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be the, the, the one taking the assists, that could be a pretty strong team in New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, they have a. I think their ceiling is like Reno's first year. That's what I see the extent of what they could do, mm-hmm. but they'll be dangerous. And he won rookie year November 2017. I like yeah, that. Yeah, per the um, historical ELA ratings after Sacramento, Reno 1868 was the best, um, it's tied for the best expansion season of all time in USL alongside Tampa. They're expected so that would be. No, I was looking at ELO ratings. Oh, ELO. Sorry, got it. Yeah, 
Uh, New Mexico is one of only two new teams that could see making damn making waves this year really at this point. That's interesting. I mean, we had had four goals and three assists last year with uh, Reno, but he played in fourteen games. Yeah, thank right. you. Okay. And on the wing, and Hopeno was kind of either a striker or slightly removed striker. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting to 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 watch that to see how these guys do on their individual teams. One in one in Tampa, one in uh, in New Mexico, and then see who does it this year for Reno, if anyone. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um. By the way, the uh, I knew it. I was right. Okay. Um. Chris Behan's Rookie of the Year uh, season in 2017, he put up uh, 12 assists. Um, yeah, it was which was first year, yeah. I believe, right? 12? Yep. Which was a record at the time. Um, and he had eight goals. What's fun is one of the runners-up for 2017 Rookie of the Year is now his teammate in Santi Moore. So interesting. New Mexico with with two of the best players from two years ago, and we had only got fourteen games and put up seven points. And Santi Moore had I think ten goals last year or got close. Um, he put in a good shift with Bethlehem in uh, in twenty eighteen. So that's two guys out in the wings that are going to do a lot of damage. I think for for New Mexico, it'll be interesting to see how they line up and everything. But yeah. I think I just remembered that Suggs guy we just mentioned. Wasn't he the uh, like he's the best crosser in the USL? Basically, that sounds right. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the one of the best defenders for assists and crosses. Yeah, really good for Colorado for a few years there. Yeah, so another good one to watch. Should I we just hear... stick with? Um... Sorry, go for it. No, for... you go for it. You go for it. Should we just stick with Reno? Let's do it. Uh, they bring in Corey Herzog, who Phil is quite familiar with. Um, <laughs> uh, and so we'll people out in the uh, in the Pittsburgh region. Um, four goals for St. Louis and 41 shots last year. 27 starts logged uh, just under 1,500 minutes. Um, I don't know if it's a like for like with Weehan, um, just because I always think of Herzog as more of just like an out and out goal scorer. Um, but for a team like Reno that likes to you know bang crosses in and and set up these tall forwards, that's a pretty decent tall forward to bring in yeah he's sorry we're talking when about he's Herzog, on. right yeah yeah hurts he's his main thing is he's kind of a really smart player like a really talented player that looks like he should score a million goals in a year and takes a lot of chances in some some years he does really well in some years he doesn't last year st louis was not the system for him they also tried to use him as a 10 and it failed, and they figured it out a little bit too late. So that's not his fault either. Pers- well, I don't know. It's not all his fault. But, um, y- yeah, I-, I hope people don't look at last year like Herzog's stats and uh, think that he's not going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys where in training he was, like, really impressive. Everyone was like, holy crap, he's the guy that, that impresses you in training. And it just didn't translate to the St. Louis system last year and and there's a chance he could bounce back this year. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a good chance of it. Yeah, if Marino's not going anywhere, they're going to stay one of the best sides in the West. I was down on them last year, but I mean, this year, they're not gonna, I don't think they're going to win the West, but they're going to really be ha- hanging around and, pr- and maybe even get that home game out of this. 
I agree with you. And I think a lot of that is kind of what you touched on. I believe, um, I believe Evan, you were talking about how open the West is. And I mm. think, you know, really like it just fits their system really well. He, the coach, was it your interview with one of the Reno guys, Evan, where he talked about how they got um, guys in all over the entire pitch that were, um, they were all goal scoring threats, even if they were a center back or a fullback, you know, like that's the kind of thing he's looking for. It's a nice open system. It fits them. I think he sets up the team to be successful every year. Yeah. We'll just see how successful the playoffs yeah. have been a problem for some reason. Right. I think Reno missing the playoffs would be a shock. Mm-hmm. It's just where the guys, kind of, they're like the Louisville, Sacramento, Charleston, all those teams are, they're going to be somewhere in the playoffs. It's just where. Yep. I think it's a funny juxtaposition that you have such a great affiliate of Reno down in US. So, and it just doesn't translate up to MLS yeah. with San Jose. It'll be interesting to see what our media makes of all that. For sure. How, how so? Um, just coming from uh, from Liga Emma Equis, mm-hmm. um, where I uh, where I feel I mean they all have reserve teams and everything, and I feel like they the Mexican teams especially value their academies, um, or at least know the value that they have in their academies. Um, and you know, not that the Quakes have like one of those dynastic academies like Red Bull or whatever, where they produce generational talents once every four years. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he leans in that that MLS or sorry, Academy USL MLS system a little bit more than um, previous regimes. Mexican teams love their academy kids so much they give them an edu- extra digit on their jersey. They do, which is my favorite. I like it. It's really good. Number 937. It's going <laughs> to go places. Um, what did we mean? I don't want to talk. Are we, you're uh, moving on to Vegas, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> there were a few things in the show notes that we skipped in between New Mexico. Well, and so like Reno. we were, I know, but we were already on Reno and I didn't want to have to come back for it necessarily. I think it was a good move. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for having my back. Um, Reno. One of the first gambling cities is another city. All right. It was such a good segue. I guess we'll talk about it. The city of lights, you might say. The city of lights, I might say. The city of Winaldas. Uh, Las Vegas lights Photoshop and or raise a new banner for beating Toronto FC. Which like... In preseason. In the preseason. And like, I get it. It's cool. You beat them. You beat them badly. Um, but like, can Eric Winald? I, I was I was gonna. Yikes! Can can Eric Winalda and the Las Vegas Lights social media team just? I'm not saying let's let's all be you know super proper because like I get it. There's a brand here. We're trying, but like, can we just come back on it a little bit, please? It's a lot, and I don't. I don't have time for both your team social media and your coach social media to be petty, aggressive assholes all the time. So I'm not like a Winalda expert. I thought, I don't know much about him, so I thought maybe he would join the team and they'd kind of take a few steps back this year. No, no, he's worse than Chalice, really. Did everyone knew Winalda was going to be like this? This is Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Got it. just an alternative for Vegas instead of that prim and proper approach. Yeah. So Vegas, so they beat Toronto on the final day of the season last year. Toronto beat Atlanta United, who went on to win MLS Cup over Portland. I think the Las Vegas Lights should pull a Central Florida and claim MLS Cup as their championship. First title in <laughs> team history. I didn't have a problem with Central Florida doing it. If you're going to have a brand like that, just lean in. It's the only way they're going to have any silverware in the next few years, so why not? Yeah, their team's not going to be any good, right? It might actually be okay this year. Hmm. I think they are. They're looking pretty good. And I, I like guess, the players yeah. brought in, to be honest. Preseason, though. like I'm not saying because of the friendly. I'm not yeah. saying it because of that. I was saying that because... I read uh, there was a story that kind of introduced like six of their players they signed and announced mm. it once. And his little chat about each one of them and the way Winalda chatted about them to me said something. It, it kind of raised, it made me raise an eyebrow. And I think since then I've thought, I think they have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs like easily. But I'm willing to say I'm wrong in that regard. But I, I will go on record and say I think it's going to maybe work for them. Yeah, I, I see him as like one of that play-in game teams, something around there. Before, and if they win that, they're just going to get destroyed by somebody good. But mm. I could see him be an eighth seed. We'll see. We'll see if Winalda's a good coach when he's like there all the time, right? I don't know if we've he's proved himself in the past. Not when he's facetiming his coaching staff. <laughs> right. Right. So. Um, yeah, th- this is definitely his highest profile job. Yeah. Uh, he was the head coach of the Atlanta Silverbacks. He coached LA Wolves for like two open cup games or whatever that nonsense was. Um, regardless, it'll be nice to see him coach a uh, professional team for, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm sure at least his contract runs through the uh, entirety of this season, at least. So we'll see. I will, uh, I'll, I'll be hard on their social media team because I think they made the biggest mistake possible when they chirped at uh, the steel army. But um yeah, as far as the team and everything, I'll, I'll give them a, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt until the end of June, and we'll see where we are from there. Um, Do we have a Vegas forward Madison friendly like Carson suggesting? In- so what we put the best and worst social media teams up against each other is your idea? Yeah, <laughs> probably. It would be interesting banter online. It sure would. That'd it be-, would be throw in a, throw in Alexi Lawless on uh, on play by play. Say what? USL USL would have a field day. I think that one thing would probably end with the Vegas account getting banned from Twitter (laughs) mid-match. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Or Pat McAfee hacks him. Hey, moving on to things that I I actively want to and enjoy talking about. Um, Jake Edwards and company at the USL office uh, met with the USL Players Association uh, yesterday, so the 12th of February, two days ago, um, to talk about the uh, the first collective bargaining agreement in, uh, in USL history. His tweet reads as follows, quote, working towards the betterment of the championship as a whole, league representatives met with the USLPA yesterday in Tampa, Florida to begin the process of negotiating the first collective bargaining agreement in league history. While it was just the first step in the process, all parties agree that the basic framework to begin bargaining in earnest has been established, and both sides look forward to continued progress over the coming months. Uh, We know people on that. Players Association? Do we not? Is Brandon Miller not a representative in some way, shape, or form? Oh man, 
I hope so. I think I think I, I'm sure we can know some of those guys. Um I'll have to dig into that. I thought Brandon Miller was a part of it, but it seems we'll like most of the representatives of each team are gonna be a captain or someone who's pretty active in their team's yeah. community anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I think that'll happen. I think it's weird. It bothers me how quiet it is, but I think that's... See, but I like that, though, because that means it's going well enough that no one needs to start anything. I hope so. I I think it could mean a lot of things. It might also mean nothing's happened yet. Uh, someone mentioned that maybe there's some kind of legal thing where you can't talk about it until it starts or is official, and so mm, there's a lot yeah. out there being talked about, but nothing from the, the Players Association. So I hope at some point they just have like a... I would really like a press release or yes. them to come on and you know, do a, a video on just kind of bringing us up to date. I hope that And happens. if only there was a podcast where they could get interviewed. For this Washington Post article from uh, Stephen Goff published on November tw- uh, 27, 2018, it was an 11-man executive committee. Mm-hmm. Notable players include uh, Connor Tobin, um, Trey Mitchell, and uh, Tom Heineman. Yeah. There are three of the notable ones that were listed in this article specifically, but obviously there would be eight more beyond that for the 11 person council. Okay. And there have been a lot of like random tweets from players around the USL championship that are like, hey, can't wait to get going. Like basically saying they're kind of the representative of the team. Yeah. So, you know, you get you can kind of see who's going to be in it. And I, re- I really respect the guys that are in it. So um, I also. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to me in 2019, where I'm going to get accused of glad-handing the league. But, but I appreciate that they've been proactive in, in meeting with these guys. Totally. It can only benefit the league and its players. It, to me, it just shows how smart they are. Because they may, not, they may hate this. They may be scared to death that this is going to affect their bottom line and all the plans they had. And rightfully mm-hmm. so. It could really mess things up. But they haven't said, they haven't even mention that in the slightest all it is is positive this is going to make it better mm-hmm. and so props to them props to them because i know businessmen businessmen get scared of unions and player associations these, these sort of things um but they've been really supportive and i love it good for them um hey guys we get to talk about canada for another year one more one one more maybe <laughs> um Ottawa Fury get drawn in the qualifying round number three of the um, air quotes here Canadian Championship because, uh, oh boy, if you don't like tournaments that are set up for top-tier clubs to succeed, I have some very bad news. <laughs> uh, Toronto FC, as of uh, as of time of recording, which this is February the 14th of 2019, uh, I do not know when the first round game starts, but I imagine that it's not terribly close to now. Toronto FC is already in the semifinal. Uh, they will face the winner of Ottawa Fury um, or uh, what is that? Halifax Wanderers, uh, Vaughn Azuri, or um, Valor. Valor FC from Winnipeg. So those first um, qualifying rounds will be uh, between May 15th and the 22nd. Uh, yeah, Ottawa will that's amazing. be playing until July 10th through the 24th. Toronto, not until August. I'm going to guess Toronto forgets this competition exists until like September. Yeah. So they'd be in the final by then or burning down Ottawa stadium when they meet. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Yeah. 
anyway, um, so Ottawa ended the third round of the Canadian Championships. If you want to read something really goofy, look at uh, Canada Soccer's tweet or just find the bracket online because it's disgusting. Um, and then never complain about the Open Cup ever again. Okay, thanks. Because, uh, <laughs> man, it's rough. Uh, teams that are already into the quarterfinals also include Montreal and Vancouver. So, Just give uh, me Pacific FC versus Vancouver in the quarterfinals. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Anyway, I mean, not like there's a chance for one of these CPL teams to beat Vancouver or Montreal or Toronto even or whatever, but like, I don't know. I think the Eddies might make a good return, possibly. They've built a good team before. You know? I forgot that they're back because their new yeah. logo is not the same as their old logo, and I didn't see them unveil it. I assume it's the same organization. Maybe that's it is. Wrong. Okay. No, it is. So those three teams of Valor based out of Winnipeg, Forge, um, it's so tough with these CPL sides who don't like name it after their cities, which I'm not a fan of. But and Valor, Forge, and SC Edmonton will be the three teams competing for a spot in that CONCACAF Europa League type competition. Yeah. So they'd be joined in with the Central American and Caribbean sides. So I, I, I don't know what format they're going to go after. I think it, I would assume it'd be whoever advances furthest in Canadian championships will get that spot. Um, unless they make it the winner of the uh, Premier League. Although I don't think the season would be over by then because this comp's starting in oh. summer. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe they just don't have one the first year. I'm not sure. Just they. It was those three teams who got buys who are going to be those teams competing for those that Concacaf League spot. Yeah. Could have been a draw. Could, Could have been. been random. Maybe we need to get a, a Canadian on to talk about that. Might do. I think we should definitely because the Fury will be in it. Might as well talk about it once, nice and strong, while we can. And there's some uh, there's some USL guys kicking about in the CPL. That's so, true too. You know, we'll have a we'll have a Canadian uh, primer in there somewhere. We can pull it off. I think we can. Uh, back to the championship news: El Paso Locomotive signs uh, English goalkeeper Jermaine Forda. Is this the guy they did the locker room prank on that I saw like yesterday on Twitter? If so, I don't know it. What happened? Tell us more. There was, um, as I Google and talk at the same time, I think it was El Paso. Um, Googled it for you. They, uh, it's cool. It's cool. I didn't think to look into it until just about now. But um, they signed a trialist. And the way they told him that he was signed is they put his nameplate up on a locker and then their head coach was like, oh, hey, can you grab me that Gatorade like that was in the cubby? And he didn't notice it. So he was like, oh, um, grab me those boots. And then he was like, he turned around and he was like, oh, that's that's good. And he totally had a British accent. So I, I wonder if it was him. Anyway, um, more trialists. Phil, I think you tweeted this. More trialists. And I've noticed it more in League One like you have. But more trialists are getting signed this year, I feel like, than past. Yeah, I know at least one was signed at Tucson, and then we saw this this guy get signed, and yeah. I don't know if it's happened anywhere else, to be honest. But yeah, more this year in League One than than in past. It's usually like one guy in the entire league, basically, in the championship. Mm. I think the more availability availability of teams allows for more chances for these trialists. Yeah, yeah, and and um, if Forward Madison actually replied to that tweet saying. You know what the way they gave us more into into the story, saying this guy came and he was just like head and shoulders above everyone else in the tryout, 
And mm. so they brought him into regular training and he was keeping up and maybe it was good. And so they were like, well, it was just obvious in this case. So it, I kind of maybe, as I normally do, I'm like, oh, does this tie into other things around the league? Try to give us a big perspective. And I think they were kind of saying, ah, maybe this is a, a trend, but maybe this is also just a special, special thing. So uh, update on video. It was Jermaine Forda. I just posted it in our live chat, which is a good uh, segue for me to tell you that we go live every uh, Thursday until the season starts. Then we're probably switching back till Tuesdays. We'll keep you posted uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. If you want to hang out live, youtube.com backslash the USL show. Hit that uh, subscribe button. You'll get notifications when we go live like right now. Um, yeah. And you can hang out and tell me that I'm right or tell me that I'm wrong or various uh, other variety of things that you can tell me about. Um, yeah, so there's the video of Jermaine Ford. It's a really good one. Uh, he apparently like paid his way to like a hotel for the last week or two. Another one of those guys feel like you were saying with Madison that just went above and beyond uh, in terms of just off the field stuff and you know being a professional player without being a professional player. Um, and then they gave him a contract. So good on him. And uh, never hurts to have a second or third goalkeeper kicking around like that for sure. So good on you, son. Well Come done. on the show, we'll talk. And maybe Sam we'll U23 was with the Cosmos B, uh, which is just the New York Cosmos at this point. Um, yeah. I don't know much about this one. Real Monarchs acquire uh, Luis Palma. Anyone know this? On loan from CDS Vita. Uh, Youth Honduran International. CDS Vita is a team in Honduras. Um, apparently impressed with cds so we'll see um 19 year old attacking midfielder in the mm-hmm. says that's yep. exciting for sure actually especially in the real monarchs system real you know what what is it salt lake <laughs> salt lake yeah, yeah you know how to develop players pretty well so they know how to develop really good central south slash latin american players for sure american american that's new. Yeah, but I think they have a they have more of a knack for signing uh or or at least developing, you know. Um Joel Plata comes to mind. Aha, yes. Well for done. For sure. Sir. If they can train Palma with Plata a little bit, that might be an issue if they can sell if they can buy him from Vita. Um yeah, Palma's the second guy from uh Vita who's joining the team. Team oh. with uh, Douglas Martinez being the one who was signed, uh, or not who joined his team earlier, but there'll still be a solid side for um, Monarchs next year. I mean, they have Portillo coming back, they got Noah Powder or from Orange County, Conrad Plua, uh, Mikel Chang is all back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, after that first year that was a down year, the Monarchs have been one of the better teams for the last few seasons, even though they tend to flame out halfway through. Yeah. Coach change or not, right? <laughs> yeah. Um da, 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 da. couple more signings and we'll get into some results. Uh what do we got here? Oh, um Clint Pay joins the uh, North Carolina FC coaching staff, former US U fifteen coach. Uh Dave Saracan just kind of bulking up his staff. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with the club team. I'm I thought good. he did a really nice job as a caretaker manager and played the kids like everyone wanted him to. Um, and I, I'm just curious to see if that'll bleed into him coaching North Carolina at all. 
Well, here's the deal. Um, I actually have an interview with Austin Poncho, and that's just on STL Soccer Report. That's just because right I'm on. a local boy. Um, yeah, yeah. We released that this week, I think. And um, But what's cool about it is that national team connection is actually working because Austin's brother Logan is like friends with Pulisic, and they were both in the youth system in the national mm. team. And, mm-hmm. and so that was part of how that happened. And we've seen Hackworth get some really interesting loanies because of his, you know. Well, practice. and, you know, he only went and won the USL title. There's that, too. There's that, too. <laughs> Which we'll see how that goes this year. But yeah. it's nothing but good and nothing but interesting for USL to have these two guys that have the national team connections to youth. So perhaps coaches in, in MLS will trust their American youth down with these guys and they'll have some interesting players throughout the year. And um, talking to Brendan Burke this afternoon to be selfish for a hot second. He always talks about how the quality of play in the championship is. So the re- the reason Bethlehem didn't want to drop down or the reason they, they uh, you know, moved to Talon, I suppose, to not drop down was kind of twofold one in that the quality of play in the championship is a lot better for the kids that they have right now. Like they don't feel like they would have gotten Mark McKenzie and Austin trustee and Anthony Fontana and Brendan Aronson and um, Matt Real to the first team. If they were in a lower league that had, you know, a lower quality of play. Um, And the response to league one is either they just know that it's not going to be as good or, they don't know what it's going to be like. So there's no point in risking it being bad. And then, you know, instead of having to play the, do we want to keep our kids in the Academy or bring them up to this league? That's not, you know, as good as what we've had. Um, they just know what they have in the championship and they're going to stay there. So um, off of that, uh, I think not only is the quality of play in the championship better, the quality of coaching is a lot better. I don't think this league has ever had as many U.S. international or sorry, U.S. national team coaches at any level as they have now. Yeah. And and to add to that, someone mentioned today as a side note that our youth national team coaches are spread thin as hell. There's yes. like one for every other age group, basically, and they're having yeah. to like do double duty, literally double duty. And no one knows exactly why. I'll stop there because we all know what kind of conversation this would end up being if I kept going. Yeah. Well, thinking league one to championship, if what, where do you think the best league one team would be comparative to the championship this year? Like mid table? No, we're not mm-hmm. even close to there. I'd like say middle bottom. Like yeah. 12, in West East. I think yeah, it, 10 to 12. Yeah. Yeah. How they do in the Open Cup? I'm we're already seeing some results here in preseason friendlies. Birmingham have one against Chattanooga Red Wolves, which we'll touch on later. But I'd say 13 through 15. Mm. It's going to be a weird year, you know. It is. Uh, it, it, maybe watching the kickers, they have like lowered a little bit their player mm-hmm. signing level, mm-hmm. but not a lot. So like, right. if the kickers destroy well, the league, then I think we have an idea that League One might be bad. But if the kickers are like mid table, then we might have a decent idea that League One's going to be pretty good. In the, from, in the yeah, 
friendly reminder to check out our friends at League One Fun for all that news and information. What I will say, uh, and they've done a very good job at digging in and trying to figure this all out, Loudoun United is freaking me out. <laughs> what player. are they? Two players. Well, and, and so they're not just freaking me out from a we have nobody sign standpoint. They're freaking me out from a... It feels like they're just doing what their big brothers in the tri-state area are doing, like Red Bull and the Union, but they don't know like why or how they're doing it. <laughs> they're like, okay, clearly a USL team is a smart thing to have. Now what? <laughs> it does feel exactly like <laughs> we that. do it. We bought this team, yay! And and you know, Red Bull and the Union are like, well, okay, they're not in the right league. Uh, there's yeah, one. It's, it's bad. I mean, if you don't even have 11 players four weeks out from the kickoff, who? Yeah. I mean, is DC just going to loan down 10? Listen, first week? if it's just if it's just their U17, 18s and a smattering of U16s, that's cool. I don't really care. And no, you don't have to sign all those kids. But like, make an attempt. I say I care at that point. Why are they in this league if that's what they're going to do? I don't know. It's like we don't need a team that's going to get two or three wins all season. Yeah, it could be like Toronto too, or worse. We don't need another worse. League. What was that, Ryan? We don't need another Antigua in the league. Yeah, really. no. Okay, no, it can't ever be that bad again. I mean, <laughs> you could put like a, a good high school team out there, and they're going to stumble across a point somewhere. Best case scenario, Loudoun United is like second half FC Montreal. That's actually a decent team, usually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, first awesome. half of the season, FC Montreal was bad. Well, second half was good, though. Yeah, second half was really good, but it didn't matter because they were so bad in the first half. August, September, they came alive for some reason when they knew they had no hope at, at the playoffs. Yeah, as soon as they announced they got shuttered, they were like, we're good, though. <laughs> we're playing for those contracts somewhere else next year, baby. Um, Speaking of, I guess that'll segue nicely into my Bethlehem Steel talk, which was what I wanted to get to. Haha, <laughs> I did it. Uh, uh, no, um, as we all know, Bethlehem Steel are going younger than they did last year, which is amazing. So uh, as a result, I'm handing in my resignation being 24 years old at covering the team now because my, uh, my, my time is up. I've hit the cutoff age. Um, I was a joke, but Coach Burke did cut me from the team today, so... Can't play with him anymore, fortunately. <laughs> um, he did say uh, my my favorite tidbit from our from our very informal interview. Uh, he said everyone that did what we are trying to do this season is now defunct, which is awesome. How so? How so? What do you mean? They want to be Toronto FC two, Montreal FC, and Orlando City B in terms of their age makeup. Okay. And how they treat the cutoff dates for players. Well, Seattle sound like Tacoma, Defiance now. Yeah. Are, are similar to that good actually. Save, save. Um yeah, and, and and he said they're not gonna do anything that we haven't seen them do before. So they apparently have some some youth internationals in the works as far as signings go. They're gonna bring in some academy kids. They want to poach a couple kids from college like they did with Zach uh, Zach Zandy. Uh, this year um, but they are uh, really tightening up on that age range and, and, and really um, figuring out what they want to do as far as that goes with uh, with Ernst Tanner at the helm instead of Ernie Stewart so yeah 
That's cool though. I'm down for that as long as they're still competitive and, and try. The, the only thing I don't like about it is um, now losing. I'm sorry, Evan, but you know, I hate this. I hate that they're not out in um, where were they? Sorry. Lehigh university. Lehigh. I just hate that they're not in their own spot anymore. Yeah. They did have a bit of a fan base, you know, especially yeah. being the way. Yeah. So I hope they move back out somewhere out there again at some point. Tim McDermott has been tweeting more than usual, which is to say basically at all um, that they're actively trying and looking for spots for, um, for those two games this season that are supposed to be up in Bethlehem, that they're eventually probably going to turn into a home spot. So I think if they find a spot for those two games, that's going to end up being their home. Um, the devil's advocate is they're doing a lot of double headers this year with the union, which might get people out to see some of those Academy kids, which if you've ever tried to attend Academy games is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, and then the other the other devil's advocate is that everyone's closer to Chester at any given time anyway. So logistically for the club, it's a little easier. No, that's not a great excuse, but that's what I got. No, it's it, it doesn't sound like it'll be permanent, and I hope that's true. I hope it's true, too. Um, I mean, I could very well see them making it permanent after trying for a couple months, but I really hope that they, they don't and they put the team back in Bethlehem. Anyway. Can I also mention, since we kind of mentioned the, the yeah. defiance, that it wasn't in our news notes, but did you guys see that friendly where the Sounders threw all their um, academy kids in the last 30 minutes and the center back, the Estonian center back, elbowed the hell out of Ocampo Chavez oh, on no. purpose? Oh, no. If you didn't see this clip, like, go watch it. It is as bad as it can be. His name's Kiki something, a center back for uh, Houston Dynamo. And That's literally... Good. Like they were pre, they were had a lot of energy. Uh, Houston was tired. It was the last end of the game in a friendly in preseason, and um, he was stuck with the ball. And two guys were just running him down, and he literally stood at the end line and elbowed the hell out of him instead of trying to turn out of danger. It was I ridiculous. And it compared to Lacazette's elbow in their game against Borussia today. Oh, was it that bad? I saw some news. I didn't see it though. Yeah, he was sent Is off. Is he the Sergio Ramos of the Greater Seattle? Yes, yes. I like. I hope this dude gets what's coming to him. To be honest, I hope he gets something in, in retaliation because they're talking about how preseason they may not suspend him or fine him or anything. Right, and right. I did hear that it is possible for MLS to do that, but yes. if he doesn't get anything, like he should get something. If you know what I mean, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mark him a little bit, maybe. I would, but I I don't think is I don't think other real soccer players are as uh, revenge savvy as I tend to be. Petty as you are, yeah, as petty <laughs> exactly. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's burn through some results. Um, oh man, where do we want to start here? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just go down the line. No, we won't. No, we won't. Because the first one, uh, <laughs> yeah, I won't. Yeah, I'll save that. Uh, Birmingham beat Chattanooga 3-1, like Ryan said a little bit earlier. Chandler Hoffman has the first goal for Birmingham. Uh, at, yeah, he'll be good for them. Good win. Uh, yeah. That's good. Isn't that the first result we've seen from Birmingham? And we kind of have no idea what they're going to look like. So it's good. They beat a team that's in a lower division than them pretty handily. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, they have potential good. I mean, looking at that team, they, for me, out of the, after the top five in the East, it becomes wide open. 
and Birmingham's in that second group for me where if they finish sixth, seventh, I think it's better than expected, but it wouldn't shock me. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, some examples of players they have just based on who they've signed from uh, the uh, – yeah, sorry, from the transfer tracker. I mean, we already know of Chandler Hoffman, but they have Erica Villa, uh, Mikey Lopez, Nathan O'Kell from OKC. Experience. That's a good start. Mm. We'll see what they can do. Uh, what do you think? Reno to, in San Jose? Yeah, this is weird. This is a little weird. <laughs> Reno, 1868 FC. Three, San Jose Earthquakes, nil. Um, oh, uh, just real quick, I'll throw in another one um, to compile to Toronto's misery. I don't know if y'all saw that Orange County tweeted out, like, due to circumstances beyond our control, we can't uh, live tweet any of the uh, the match tonight against Toronto FC, but DM us if you want details. And I went, I sure do, friends. Tell me who scored and what happened. Uh, the game finished 1-1. Orange County won off a long throw-in on like the last kick of the game. Look at that. That's how they got their equalizer. So there you go. Um, a goofy preseason for Toronto who are being very guarded about what happens in their preseason friendlies. I think it's because their fans are all mad. They sold Giovinco for like three mil. Mm. Yes, I Sacramento had a weird guarded score last night too, where they were playing a a League Two team, and they gave a bit of score at one nothing, and then that was the last thing they gave until about noon today. Weird. Sacramento won nine to one. Jeez. I think if you if you if that score line is that extreme in your favor like you kind of do that just to protect the other guys maybe yeah. i don't know yeah i think sakura's playing all their starters so. but uh no it's not like oh. toronto besides the vegas game are getting like absolutely blown out or anything which is the weird part it's what manchester city did did it's what manchester city did to burton yeah and chelsea yeah and chelsea <laughs> uh that was a good game it was a very good game um yeah reno beating san jose 3-0 uh is not great for everybody involved because i'm sure reno you know wants to provide players for the earthquakes but at the same time i don't think anyone in the earthquakes necessarily wanted to get beat by their affiliate three nothing maybe they should switch that affiliation deal (laughs) maybe um i don't know if everyone knows but if you guys watched the um CONCACAF Champions League last year Toronto lost to Chivas right in the end yes and it was against their new coach San Jose's new coach is Matias mm-hmm. Almeida so he's a really high profile coach to be in a yes. place like San Jose so um you know Matt Doyle thinks this coach is going to be awesome for them uh but he also thinks the earthquakes are going to be terrible this year because it's just you know player wise it's not looking too good but um, and there's a learning curve, I think, between always Liga MX, where you have the Closera and the Aporta. Uh, you know, like it's it's a different system for sure. Apparently, they're trying to get a Closera and Aporta for CPL. I thought interesting. That would be interesting. That'd be probably smart for them, though, especially right. I don't think there's enough well, teams. I I'd just be curious how they'd set it up. If they're going to do the same kind of spring to. If they do the same kind of March setup, you'd be avoiding playing in November or in the summer. Yeah, I don't know either. 
And then the winter would obviously just be an off season. I mean, they, they could just do it for international break in June, July. I yeah. wonder. They definitely want the dead of summer up there, though, right? Right? Yep. yep. Somehow. Hmm. Um, the big oh, one. Right? Um, in case you, uh, yeah, in case you wanted a reminder that the Revolution are bad, Louisville City beat them 3 1. Um, led to nothing of that. I honestly think Louisville City could beat New England Revolution like any time of year. They beat them in the Open Cup, I think, right? Yeah, they did. Here's half, hashtag Robert Kraft do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, why would he do something? Come on. He's making enough money off of that other sport that he owns, a team in. The Not sport enough. Overwatch. It's never enough. And at least update their logo. They're still the only one in MLS since 1996 to not update the logo. I like it, though. At this point, it's a classic. Yeah. You yeah. It. <laughs> it's nostalgic now. Right. It's like it's like your uncle who's still wearing stuff from the 80s, and then it was cool again for a while. It's like how Champions back um, in style, and like that just kind of used to be the brand that was like a little shitty. And now you're like, oh, all right, Champion. It's back. It's that. It's that. Like, I'm expecting to see like old Revs kits at Urban Outfitters or something next week. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. Is this American yes. So bring back the 94 US World Cup jersey. I the denim one? I love that kit. The Stars and Stripes it. one. That yeah. was ugly beyond yeah, yeah, reason. Yeah. yeah. I want the rocket pop back again. Or do or nothing. <laughs> All right, fine. Um yeah. What happened uh between Indy eleven and Cincinnati? That's what I hey man, to. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I shut down Brian Cook on his Dane Daniel, which is, his name's not even Daniel. Brian, yep. I hated it. <laughs> I did too. But I the meme was damn Daniel, not Dane Daniel. Back at it again with those white vans. Also, he's not going to be wearing vans, and I doubt his his boots are white. So, <laughs> oh for four, Brian. Sorry. Try again later. Uh, what happened was uh, in the 11 who like now have USL hopes and dreams this year because uh, new money and signing good players beat uh, MLS hopefuls and owner of a white t-shirt for an away kit FC Cincinnati um, three to two, which is exciting. Uh, I did talk to him earlier. Brian said I would have loved this uh, in the regular season last year, but you know, uh, everyone's favorite preseason standout trialist scored in the 29th minute for Indy. Matt Watson in the 34th and Dean Kelly with the winner in the 60th. Nick Hagland in the 12th. Darren Maddox in the 35th for FC Cincinnati. Uh, guys, uh, a question for you. Is it um, weird or is it going to be tricky that like Indy has guys like Dean Kelly where it's like if they put in 10 goals this year in USL, that's underachieving? Mm. Well, Dan Kelly did badly with Swope Park, but Swope Park was also like a possession team, whereas every other team he's been in is like gone, you know, run, get out of here and yes. run your ass off. So yeah. I think Indy 11 is going to be, I don't know. I think I think they're going to be more counter oriented. I, I think yeah. Rennie's a little more open to different styles. I, in fact, I think Dan Kelly is more perfect for them than Lancaster uh, is what I'm kind of thinking. Hmm. Okay. I think I'd actually like to see. I'd like to talk to Brian about that. 
and Richard about that from BG Unwritten and see what they think. But yeah, I think Lancaster isn't going to match their setup that well, but I do think Dane Kelly will be perfect for them. Yeah, they, they I mean, haven't really been watching him, but they were good on paper and their results have also been good. I think it's one of those where Indy, I mean, I guess you can't call someone who made playoffs most improved, no, but not really. that team, I think you could legitimately argue that they're the best team in the East. Hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. They have to be. <laughs> I think Nashville Louisville could still make the case, but... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I was mixing teams um, there. I didn't realize it, but I meant it still it still happens. It still works. Lancaster's yeah. in Nashville. I'm sorry. That's all right. But they're similar, and I still think that that holds true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan talked to me. Oh, actually, real quick. We missed one because it's all the way down here. Uh, Leo Torres is now the youngest player to sign a USL contract at 15 years old. 15 years and 23 days years old. Yeah. Um, thank God I'm in the Eastern Conference or I would just scream at him about why he's, you know, doing things at 15. Uh, <laughs> I'd be very old man yells at Porsche. Reminder, I'm nine years older than that. Uh, I almost called him a gentleman than that literal child. <laughs> um, which is not a slight on him as a person. I'm sure he's a wonderful kid, but he's like legally and legitimately like by the law a, a kid. Um. So very cool uh, that he signed a pro deal at, at 15 years and 23 days. I imagine San Antonio FC being a club that is not dumb, uh, definitely sees a bright future for this kid if they locked him up at 15 um, and might have maybe saw that there was some Mexican or Central American clubs sniffing around, perhaps. Oh, I wonder. I also like um, to compare it to um, uh, LA, um, LA Galaxy's Los Dos. They... You know, they snagged up. Oh man, I'm so bad with names. Efren Alvarez mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at 15, basically, because they were like, listen, it's got to happen now. He's right. good enough. We trust that he's going to pay off. We're going to sign him now, or else we're going to lose this kid. Yes. And that's going to start happening more and more and more. You saw Ricardi, Ricardo Pepe down in uh, North Texas. Because if you don't do that, then you look at the other Galaxy guys like Efren Al- or um, like uh, Yanez. Some guys, um, Ledesma over at Real Monarchs, those guys weren't signed at the age of 15. And by 17, they said, I want to go to Europe. And so watch this. It's going to keep happening. Uh, our favorite Texan, Harry Austin, just said San Antonio's U15 team is ranked fourth in the U.S. Soccer Development Academy. Oh, that too. Isn't that so, crazy? There's probably a reason they snapped them up then. Um, Good on them. Good on them. Yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, congrats to everyone over at the, at the Academy. That's a huge um, honor, and, and that's not something I take lightly, for sure, to have a team um, that high up in the system being ranked fourth. As a USL, you know. A, a yes. Fourth. That's amazing. I just want to say one more thing, and is that I think this is also an example of USL teams experimenting with making up for not getting um, payments as an academy selling their team off to Europe by just signing them to pro contracts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This like, maybe we can make money off these kids. Somehow we can make our money back. And this is maybe how is by signing them at 15 and then it's a pro contract. So they have to be bought by someone at some point. So yes. Yeah. Keep an eye on that too. Ryan so talked to me about the 
Carolina Challenge Cup. So it's basically another edition of the Challenge Cup when the Battery get to host Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, who are the defending champs of the Cup, and SC Cincinnati for this kind of three-day tournament for the next week down in Charleston. It should be a lot of fun. It starts on the 16th with uh, Columbus Chicago and Charleston Cincinnati, a former USL matchup, which of course keeps in the tradition that Cincinnati and Charleston have to face each other for the first match of the season. Yep. Uh, the February 20th midweek games are Charleston, Columbus, and Cincinnati, Chicago. And the February 23rd games is Cincinnati, Columbus for Tellers Real Derby of the season and Charleston, Chicago. I'm actually looking at attending that February 23rd kind of event. So I'll probably likely be in Charleston for those games. So go find Ryan. I'll be trying to track down Schweinsteiger or Federico Chibayan for autographs. Mm-hmm. Play the media card and just talk to him. I'm <laughs> I always like I always like it when USL teams start their own little thing like this. And I know there's yeah. MLS teams in there too, but I, I like these little tournaments in preseason rather than just random games all over the place. I think it's cool. No, it's been going along for a while. It used to be that Wilmington actually competed in it in its early stages. Hmm. How come NCFC isn't in it? I think they want to have three MLS sides in it rather than two and uh, two USL. Boo. Gate. Yeah. Well, they had Orlando City and NYCFC in the same tournament a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. That was when they both had Kaka and David Villa. Mm. Uh, Twitter question. I, uh, I'm going to hate answering this, so I'll kick the pony. Pony. Um, Matt TW at Bow Round and Round. I think he was in the chat earlier. Uh, I'd like to hear some predictions for the season. Top teams from each conference, conference winners, league champion team, most likely to self-relegate after 2019, which is a great joke, by the way, uh, etc. Um, for now, give me your uh, your top three teams. I will let you pick top three however you'd like to because Matt did not specify, so I will not. Uh, from okay. both conferences this year. Okay, well, I'll pull up my spreadsheet. I keep... I have a spreadsheet where I keep moving teams around. Oh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, as it stands, and this has changed the last 24 hours or so, top three in the East, I have Nashville, Louisville, Indy, which I think is kind of chalk picks. Mm-hmm. Out West, though, I have Phoenix, Sacramento, and right now, I have Reno as number three. That's fun. So punch to somebody else. I'm just going to say that I got to put the River Hounds in the top three in the East and take out one of them. I'm going to take out Nashville. I said River Hounds are good, but I'm still worried about how they're going to playoff run. Yeah. Mm. They didn't do that last year, Phil. Remember? What's that? The the Hounds in the playoffs? Yeah, I think I remember looking in like the last five years, the Hounds have been eliminated by PKs more than they've been eliminated in regulation. Mm. Yeah, you may be right. You know what? I've I've been having a lot of faith in them throughout this year, and I think Lily realizes that everyone figured out they should just give him the ball and just force him to try to score. And I'm not sure he's going to get over that <laughs> this year. But he knows that he he knows that he needs to. You know, he's talked about it in the Mongols uh, in the Mongols interview with him that yeah. that's what he knows he needs to improve. So we'll see how good Lily is. If he figures it out, look out. 
you know. Yeah. And I'm not at all low on Pittsburgh. They're my they're my number four in the East. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I I I still have. I think one of Indy or Nashville is going to fail miserably. I don't know. I just got this weird feeling that I think one or the other is going to be terrible, even though Some, they have who they have. Someone always does. You think, we saw Tampa do it last year. Exactly. Yeah. I think well, one of is the yeah. next Tampa. I really do. I don't trust the okay. coaches. I don't trust that both those coaches huh. are going to figure it out no matter who they have in the lineup. Oh, man. Yeah. I really Indy. like your point, which is my problem. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one thing Indy has going for them is that they've signed like four players from Cincinnati who at least those four know how to play with each other. And Dan Kelly's proven that he knows how to score at a USL level. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we saw the problems with Nashville last year that they had trouble scoring. I mean, yeah, it does help mitigate it that you signed Cameron Lancaster, who led the league in goals with 26, but it's also one guy. It doesn't solve an entire team. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh boy, here we go, Phil. You're making me second guess myself. Oh, I guess I was gonna go in the East. I was gonna go Louisville and um, uh, Indy. But now, um, now I kind of want to do Louisville. I think it comes together for Nashville more than it comes together for Indy. So I'm going to keep Nashville. And then I want to do Tampa. <laughs> well, I, I and, the bounce and back. what's that? The bounce back season. Yeah. Well, and like, I know that their away form has been a problem, like since they've existed uh, ever, but I just, I really like the guys that they brought in. Some of them I like personally. So I'm a little biased. John McCarthy is a lovely person. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't like you can't be that bad on the road for that long, right? Like it's got to turn around. I think we had that last year, though. We did, and it didn't. So I'm doing it again in the hopes that it does. <laughs> Pony, well, who did you pick um, for West again? West, uh, I had Phoenix, Sacramento, and Reno for now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Phoenix, Sacramento, good. and I'll be cheeky and say, um, no, I can't do it. That's Reno. I think those are the top three. I think San Antonio's in with a shout somewhere for sure, but I don't know if they're like top three good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could argue San Antonio, New Mexico, Monarchs, Orange County. Yeah, and I like my hot take that I have about New Mexico making the playoffs being just incredibly room temperature. So I'm not going to say that they're in my top three. Because then the chance- I put New Mexico in my top five at that five spot. Interesting. I think I have them at six right now. So, Check but then out. again, I said Fresno was going to be good last year, and they oh. were Fresno. So, oh, man, that was disappointing. I thought they were going to be better too. I think Orange County's got to be in there instead of Reno for me. But otherwise, I like your lineup there. I, I think Fresno them. were going to be better this year too. By the way, I man. like the guys they brought in. I don't Conference trust anymore. League champs. Yeah, relegate. Yeah, who? <laughs> let's talk about relegate. We've kind of talked about champs. Who would who's going to self relegate? Who's going to self relegate? Um, oh man, who's who's left? That's like I think maybe Los Dos might be a good shout. Louden. Le- I mean, we want Louden. Go T two. T 
T two maybe. I think maybe if 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 the league if League One ends up being good, I think yeah. Tacoma might want to go down. Maybe. Yeah, Sounders two is a really good shout. Yeah, this Sounders Portland. Sorry, maybe. Tacoma. Sorry, Tacoma <laughs> Defiance. Sorry, sorry. I really I like watch, your name too. Watch North Texas next year. Like if they if these kids improve on a grand scale. Can I can I give a League One fun hot take on this show? Yeah, we should. We sh- I mean, is someone? I wish uh, like Jason or someone was on. From I know. I think they'll. I think they'll hear it though. I think North Texas wins League One. No man. Yeah. Is that your League One fun hot take? What's that? Is that your League One fun hot take? That's my League One fun fun hot take. I like it. I, know, I wouldn't be surprised like, if they do. Who the hell do Richmond have on their team? Anybody? Um, they're kind of maintaining. I, I think oh, they'll do fine. That's fun. Okay. I think they'll do fine. I just think North Texas are going to be fun in a good way and, and win. I'd say if I had to say a team that's not a MLS two team self relegates, I think to me the leaders are probably Tulsa and Colorado. Yeah, I can see the switchbacks going down, and at least until they figure out their stadium deal. Mm. I'm just looking. Those are teams that have pretty low attendance on average. I mean, Charlotte was low too, but I think they're figuring out stadium situations. Man. I've and been dunked on twice in a row by Harry and Matt in the chat, and they said over the Red Wolves or Greenville, and now I don't know. <laughs> now I'm scared. Oh, no. I, I guess I'll ride out with North Texas FC because I'm not the guy in League One fun, so it's my hot take high... will just kind of slip into the void. You just got to double a... down. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a hot take if you don't, like, if it's not, like, controversial. It's not the easy choice, so I. Like what if it. I? Well, see, the easy choice to be like, oh, I want everyone in League One to do really well, but no, I had to strap my name to a team. Exactly for whatever I mean, my all name. The teams to have fun. You also the had on you, North Texas FC. My name means nothing. Yeah, and here's the problem: North Texas S- FC is the, or SC that is that um, you kind of had faith in T in Toronto too last year. Remember, not to bring up that. Oh yeah oh i did oh I don't it just has that, that vibe to me is all i'm yeah, saying I'm talking about it. I'm talking we'll see if it's for the blooper reel yeah yeah the, the, the worst of evan on the usl show and it'll be like i like toronto fc this year and it'll be like north texas is gonna win league one and then it'll be like <laughs> what if i told you a man made really bad hot takes and never got held accountable for <laughs> espn 30 for 30 presents then he takes that Smith not the bailiffs Oh, I don't North Texas going. wins and North Texas neck. They lock it up by the start of August. You got to just double down, make it even more obscure. Then I have to talk to Stephen A. Smith for an, uh, Stephen A. Smith for an extended period of time. And I don't want to do that. Who wants to talk to either of those people? Well, nobody, but uh, anyway, guys, are we, uh, do we do it? I think so. We better wrap it up. Cool. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Uh, if you want to follow this show and all the nonsense that it entails on the internet, feel free to do it at couplecom backslash the USL show or just you know search the USL show on Twitter. It's another thing you can do. Um, YouTube.com backslash the USL show so you can follow along with us live on our live stream, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, dunk on me in person. Well, not in person, but dunk on me in real time. It's fun. I promise. I think everyone that dunked on me tonight agreed that they had a good time. We'll, we'll hear back. Um, Check out uh, our website, theuslshow.com. There you will find uh, a couple of links. One of them is an orange and blue, or if you're colorblind, a gray and gray logo. Click on that. Buy some soccer merch. Uh, 
uh, yeah, and and we'll get a little kickback from that. Tell DK you said hi. It's a really cool uh, group of guys running out of uh, California area. Um, or you can also find us patreon.com backslash the USL show. Guys, for 2019, I'm coming up with a format change. I'm going to tell you what it is, so I hold myself accountable to it. We're going to play, um, and we're going to have to figure out a night to actually nail this down, because I do want to do it every month, but I want it to be structured just because of what it is. Uh, I'm going to, for the first time ever, Dungeon Master a D&D game that's USL themed. Oh my gosh. And we're going to play it. Can you base it off the map that laid the USL teams over Middle Earth? I want to take the Eagles to Tampa. No, uh, I'm going to base it off that we're all in Tampa, Florida to start. There it goes from there. <laughs> so, um, I've never played. You might have to help me, but I'm really I haven't. Really I So, Phil, my experience with Dungeons and Dragons is, and where I'm getting my inspiration from, if anyone wants me to really peel back the curtain, uh, is a, a lovely podcast by the the McElroy brothers who do the hilariously funny My Brother, My Brother and Me called The Adventure Zone, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that is bonkers and really funny. So, um, yeah, we're going to play some D&D. And that'll be our, our running Patreon uh, treat every month is some D&D. I think it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. I have to. It's going to be a good bit of uh, daydreaming when I'm <laughs> selling people cheese and things, but it, it'll be worth it. Perhaps maybe I can rope in some special guests from the league. <laughs> so let me let me let me write all these checks that my ass. You were Dungeons and Dragons featuring Mike Watts and Ryan featuring Madden. Mike, Mike Watts and Ryan Madden. Jake Edwards Ooh. playing himself. Yes. Oh, it's got to be. Um, I want it to be Mike Watts as Jake Edwards as Ryan Madden. That would be fun. um it'll be good. No, so uh yeah, we'll figure that part out anyway. I just I thought of that the other day and I went, this is too funny and, and crazy to not try, at least. So uh we'll do that. Um I'm so glad that Kevin's not gonna find out about that. Not that you guys knew about it beforehand either, but he won't find out about it until like he listens to this back. So that'll be fun. Um hey, follow me myself personally on Twitter at speak Kevin Speak if you have any questions, comments, concerns, other things like that. Definitely let me know um definitely let me to know do it uh other people start talking phil where can people find you on twitter uh phil grooms two l's two o's great uh pony where can people find you on the internet at iron pony chef it's still there right now just change it's your app there. man just yeah change your maybe app. one of these days yeah just go full reboot kind of lazy about those things uh, well it takes like 30 seconds jesus that's 30 seconds they won't get back <laughs> okay it's 30 seconds you won't be paying attention to your cat and apparently that just can't happen right yeah i know yeah, she's really pain there she is hey it's Aww. like she knew Hi, <laughs> um it, she's like they're talking about me those assholes uh ryan where can people find you on the internet you can find me at ilm underscore ryan and i want to at least real quickly bring up <laughs> overall thoughts on the national logo the new one oh uh not great Boo. yeah shape is fine i don't like the design the sound waves see i'm different i mean i don't hate it but there was a pointless rebrand it was like when cincinnati did theirs like you just made it worse yep. exactly it's not bad but you took a good one and made it bad you could took a good thing and made it average yeah fair enough uh hey everybody until next week thanks for uh listening to the usl show um we will uh definitely talk to you guys soon and um if you're looking for league one news check out our friends at league one fun 
and the rest of the beautiful game network for all the team specific uh podcasts over there until next time uh take care don't be a dick and we'll see you when you're older